Rumkey is hiring CDL drivers age 19 and up, and drivers are paid based on experience. Rumkey CDL drivers earn $1,000 to $1,300 per week and more than $10,000 in bonuses possible in their first year. Rumkey drivers are home daily, work in a recession-resistant industry, receive great benefits and performance incentives. Start a lucrative career and apply now at rumkeycareers.com. Equal opportunity employer restrictions apply. Hello Suns fans, welcome back to the GC Sunscast. It's been a bit of a break since our last episode. Um, pretty pretty standard why, coronavirus, blah blah blah. My name is Shane, I'm your host. Joining me is Tom, welcome to the show Tom. Yeah, g'day Shane. Having lots of fun in, in lockdown by the sounds of it, are you? Oh, no, um, I, uh, I think... The Easter weekend, the four days we've just had, was probably the longest amount of time I've spent at home. I think I spent pretty much the entire four days at home, and I was going batshit crazy by the end of it. I was so <laughs> glad to get back to work on Tuesday today. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just good to have that routine going. I think I the uh, the new Final Fantasy VII game came out, and that's a game I remember playing as a teenager. So strong childhood memories there. I'd planned to play. Pre- planned to play that game pretty much all the weekend i think i got about eight hours in and then i somehow strained my neck i think my headphones might have been too heavy and uh i spent for the next couple of days just resting in bed um trying to keep my neck straight um watching foxtel so watching old episodes of modern family i never (laughs) i was never that keen on the show when it came out but i'm relating to it quite well now so it, yeah i'm enjoying that what have you been it's up aging. to it sounds like it's aging well that that's it's one of the one of the ones i can always go back to doesn't matter where which season which episode it's always a bit of fun um look a bit of the same um a bit too um using my, my my right click hand a bit too much and and uh yeah got a bit of a crick in the neck but um yeah, look, just just reevaluating things. I, I do get up and out and about, but not not as much as you because you're, you're you're still working in the real world, and I'm working from behind a computer, which basically means I've got the same job, and they pay me less, and I have to do twice as much. So it's it's not awe inspiring, but if you don't work, you don't get paid, and if you don't get paid, you you can't pay your way and then you sooner or later be swimming in a park which i don't really fancy too much but anyway it sounds like sounds like it's working isn't it the the lockdown and and just for you know everyone's bloody sick of talking about it but it seems like it's working and we've just got to keep doing it oh and then bit by bit things will get back to normal and maybe we'll even see some footy before the end of the year um nrl fans will be happy because their 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 chief executive is living in fantasy land and reckons they're going to start the comp up again in a few weeks but i just think it's irresponsible and stupid i'd rather wait for a couple of months and and just know that everything's going to be you know as as good as it can be because everything's unknown isn't it it is uh, the the smart thing to do is for us to continue what we are doing until um, it can't be undone. All the hard work we've all put in, because if they if they increase the release their restrictions too soon, 
and too fast we we're gonna have a, a second spike in that curve and we'll be stuck in lockdown for could be as long as till september or october this year if that's the case yeah and it, so, could, it could be it could be that we're stuck in lockdown until then anyway but if we if we try and come back too soon then we guarantee that something's going to happen you know and there are people out there who you know that they don't mind if if, if all the old people die but I'm pretty sure those of us who've got older relatives and, and friends and that kind of thing would prefer to keep the older generation with us for the term of their natural life. You know, it's it's not like they're expendable. Um, life's a lot more important than the economy, even though obviously we don't want the economy to fall into a, a massive hole. We, you know, we've got to make those sacrifices, don't we? We do. It's a touchy subject, so let's not stay on it for too long. No, no. Um, we have decided to fill some space, uh, being the Suns' 10th year in the AFL this year. Unfortunately, we're not seeing all the, the plans that the club had for to celebrate this. Um, but this is the 10th year in the AFL for the Gold Coast Suns, and with that, we decided we would do a best 22 of the last decade. So from 2011 to 2019. Um, that best 22 now the restrictions what we're putting on that is the player uh we must be talking about the player when they were playing at the club so in this instance we're going to someone like um oh there's not Trent two, McKenzie. There's, yeah okay well well he's on my list so we'll go <laughs> we will go with um nathan bock yeah so nathan bock was a superstar for adelaide and we only got maybe one or two seasons out of him at the Gold Coast Suns before he seriously injured himself. Um, but I feel like that one season in 2011 and what we got from him in 2012 was all Australian material. And therefore, mm. I felt like he was cap- worthy of being selected in our best 22 of the decade, even though he only played 27 games. Um, well, well, I mean, the, the, the one of the things that backs that up is that he, he he demonstrated how to play the position for guys like Rory Thompson and Stephen May who were coming through. And so that when he did injure himself, they were thrown into the sort of into the into the fire a bit, but they had a very good mentor to sort of get them to that point and and, and sort of show them. And those two players have really taken off uh, after spending a few seasons with Bocky, even though uh, he did have that injury and he never really came back from it. So, mm. yeah, we're not we're not talking about that player either over the, the entirety of his career, because especially a, a key position player, they, they, they're generally not very good until they're sort of, you know, early to mid-20s. Um, and, and, and he sort of had, a, had his golden patch with us. Um, you probably remember him a bit in his um, in his earlier career as well, but you know, I, I I would argue that he played his best footy for us. Uh, it, yeah, definitely along that. Um, Bock was more of a natural defender, but at Adelaide he was forced to play in the forward line. I specifically remember him slotting a goal to put Adelaide up in a final against Fremantle. I think it was two thousand and eight. Yeah, he, he was very serviceable. And then as soon as Adelaide decided to switch him back into the back line, that was when we started seeing Nathan Bock enter all Australian calculations. And that's what we got 
uh, for the Gold Coast Suns. And especially in the year 2011, we were under siege in that back line. And mm. he stood up and he was the general and he controlled the, the game for the Suns. We didn't have a lot of success, but as long as Nathan Bock was playing we at least had a chance. I guarantee we probably wouldn't have won those games that we did in 2011 if, if Nathan Bock wasn't playing. Yeah, um, I agree I agree with that. It would have been a winless season. Um, you know, it's it's one it's one of those it's one of those things that you, you you kind of you look at the the veterans that the Suns brought in, in in the early days and they 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 were quite effective for us. In, in that way, you know what I mean? Like, um, ob- the big one's obviously Ablett, but, but um, you know, to get a full season with a, a, a player who's playing, you know, in at his best in in his position, one of the best in the comp. And and um, and really, you know, getting really high possession totals too, which which wasn't necessarily the case. And, um, and yeah, just being that role model and... Character-wise, that's the other thing that tips him over and puts him in 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 the in the running there because he, you know, he's recognised around the club as as being the guy you wanted there with all the young guys to be a role model and and uh, and help an emerging team. Which let's face it, there were some horrendous losses, but you know, when you're picking the best in a team that gets done by ten goals, he's one of the first ones you'd pick every week. Absolutely. Um, so we'll preface. That's the sort of selection basis we're going on. And because of that, we're going to have guys... I've ha- I've had guys that have only played a couple of seasons for the Suns and are certainly in contention. They're not guaranteed. But I felt like they warranted consideration. Guys like Charlie Ballard, who's only been at the club for two years as a rookie. Clearly, it's not the best we're going to see from Ballard. Yet, yeah. anyway... But I was I was tempted to put him in because if I think of some of the young crew coming through, one of the players that could nail in a position. But you know, there's guys like like um, Campbell Brown who you've got in your team, and Trent McKenzie who played a lot more footy and and um, and you know had had a more rounded game at that time than than Charlie has yet. So that's why he's not in our team. Okay. Um... And with that, we're going to have to do some more episodes over the next month or two without any football. So we're going to be doing best 22s on different scenarios as well uh, as we go through the next few months. One of them, I've got an idea for our next episode, is probably going to be a best 22 of our favourite players to watch that's put on the Suns, Gansey. We mm. could also do a best 22 of former players, which is going to bring a lot of heartache to some tr- diehard Suns fans. Uh, so any other suggestions for best 22, hit us up, let us know, and uh, we'll see what we can do and maybe put out an episode on it. So before we get into this, I just want to thank our Patreon donors, Old Soul. The Old Soul Patreon donors are Jack's dad, Dale Snelling, Brody Burgess, Kate Kelland, Chris Moore, Paul Vosti, Robbie Fiorini, Tom Kim, and Tim. Thank you very much for supporting the show, especially in these difficult times. And that's why we're here today with a special episode without any football. So, let's get stuck into this, Tom. The best 22 off the decade for the Gold Coast Suns. Let's start in the back line. 
yep. where all good teams start. So I've gone Harbrow, Thompson, and Brown, May, yep. Bock, and Weller. Yep. And we've got four players in common, and um, those are Harbrow, Thompson, May. And I've got Weller in my team, but not in the back line, although that's a good discussion point because uh, he has played in the back line and he's played midfield. Where is he playing his best footy? So um, the difference there is I've got Trent McKenzie, the cannon. Um, I would argue that at his best, uh, he was more valuable in that back line. And I do not think he would be playing in the back line in 2020 for the Suns. However... Um, across the first maybe six seasons of his career, he uh, he did get injured a lot. But um, at his best, uh, he he was a very valuable player there, especially when he, you know, run out and, and kick the ball out, you know, way way past the the fifty meter arc and just relieve that pressure that other teams put on the Suns when they just keep it in our forward forward line. Um, not that May didn't do that as well but yeah I just just thought McKenzie added that and he's sort of a he could play on a medium to tall opponent so um, I guess we've got the four the same and we have talked a little bit about Bock already um, three talls in the back line is, is, is that is it is it have you chosen that well my reason for choosing the three tools in the back line is I think that the Suns with a, a mobile back like May um, when they have had the three talls down back, it's it's been good more than it's been bad. Yeah, pretty much. And it's also the personnel we've got. We've really only had one... We, we've had a couple of key lockdown defenders. We've had, obviously, Thompson, who's made it into our side. You look back at the, the players we've had. We've had Warnock. Um, I think Tom Murphy you'd consider a lockdown defender. Uh, we, we've had a lot of these... Lockdown defenders, but really only Thompson's the one that's proven to be reliable and effective over yeah. the Does long he term. A bit down there, didn't he? Um, and we we've never really had a a strong performance with small defenders. Um, we we've had a lot of good running halfbacks. So Harbrow Hanley was also in consideration as well for that spot. Yep. Uh, Weller's there. Sard is there. Uh, you could even look at Malcheski. You can look at um, mm. Brennan was even listed as a defender for a season. Um, yeah, that's it, good, it's good. Good point. We've had a lot of those sorts of players, but the most effective ones have been those halfback um, key defenders that also run off. Bock was that. And so was May, and both mm. of them ha- have warranted to be selected. Uh, Bock, I think, his 2011 season was what put him in calculations for this. And May, well, I- I'd probably say his last season at the Suns, 2018, was one of his better ones. We remember the way he led the club in those hard times. But yeah, he- he's think, also think, been uh... very consistent. You could pick a number of seasons for Stephen May. I think I think May's on-field performance did suffer a little with the captaincy. However, his leadership was 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 tremendous. Um, he was the real captain. Let's face it. The co-captains was was what they did, I guess, to try and keep them both loyal to the club or for whatever reasons were there. They they didn't have Lynch there as a 
as an out and out leader. They had May there as, as the out and out leader, and he, and he did really well. But um, you know, there's been lots of discussions online about about May's performances and 2018. It, it wasn't it wasn't his best year statistically, but the stats don't always tell the full story. Um, so yeah, I'd agree. I mean, uh, 2016, 2017, 2018 was when May really grew into himself. He wasn't. He wasn't bad earlier, but that's why you'd go with the three talls with, with May when he was when he was a bit younger. Um, having a, having an option to switch forward to because I've always believed that May is just devastating in the forward line. You don't want to put him there for twenty two games, but um, when you throw him forward with a game plan and get it to him, he'll, he'll just devastate. He'll, he'll just to get those couple of goals, you need to lift the team. And, and Nathan um, Bock was the, capable of. Rain. Last season with us, he only he 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 only played the two games. Sorry. No, no, I was just saying that that exact thing. Uh, Bock in his later later games for the Suns, yeah. he yeah. he drifted forward. He had a bit more freedom as some of the key players at the Suns, some of the younger players stood up in defence. Mm. Um, the only other yep. player we've got the same is Harbrow, and mm. I th- that's pretty much a given. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't even you wouldn't even specify a season because he's just been consistently very very good the whole time through. Although I guess if you had to nominate a season, would you say um, not last year but the year before twenty eighteen when he was best and fairest? Yeah, I think it was the season after he came back from that horrible uh, wrist injury, which sort of sidetracked his season. Uh, he came back. I didn't think. I had my doubts because we'd gone through Ablett having injury problems, mm-hmm. so many injury problems, and uh, Harbrow came back and he didn't look like he'd been affected at it whatsoever. Um, now, we've got two differences in the back line. We've got Weller. I've got Weller and Campbell Brown, and you've got Saad and Trent McKenzie. So you've already listed why you chose McKenzie. Mm-hmm. Um, I put Weller down there over McKenzie because I just felt like we I wanted to include Weller in the midfield but we, yeah. I feel like we've got we had so much midfield talent that Weller was probably going to be squeezed off to the halfback flank so it was less about him being better than McKenzie and more about I wanted to have more more midfielders which I thought overall was better than McKenzie McKenzie I thought Felt he had that one good season back in 2011 where he burst onto the scene. But after that, teams figured him out and he just was never able to replicate that. And it's kind of hard to improve upon your debut season when mm. everyone's aware that your re- only your party your only party trick is your your big boot. Yeah, uh, your it, big left. Foot. Look, it's it's it, it is fair enough. Um, and there's an argument to say that the that he that he sort of his experience since he's left the Suns is that he's now not only got to stay fit, but he's now got to play good enough football to justify first team selection. Which you'd kind of argue that that um, at Port he's kind of benefiting from not every play being available. So so yeah, that, that, that's why we moved him on. Essentially, the attitude wasn't quite there, and and the the player development wasn't quite there, and that's why I would say that he wouldn't be in the team right now. But at his very best, I, I want him in there. Um, I mean, Campbell Brown's 
kind of similar. I mean, he came to us, you know, it was a superannuation package for Campbell. He came came to us. He wasn't really the role model you'd really want for younger guys, especially not the way that he that he went about out of football. But at his very best, and he seemed to be, I don't know, you, you might have a difference of opinion here, but for me, Campbell Brown was the kind of guy who, when we were lifting and, and like we were in a game, he would really lift and really sort of show his, his, his best side. And he, he'd drift forward and, and kick those clutch goals or, or he'd be just hard at the ball and just win the one-on-ones, you know. that That's what I liked about Campbell Brown, but... It, I just felt that he was a bit of a passenger sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Why did you pick him? What, I, I, I picked Campbell Brown because of his mongrel. We don't... Yeah. We've never really had a player in the side that had has the mongrel. Uh, Campbell Brown's the most mongrel player we've ever had. And he delivered it effectively in a, in a time when we needed mongrel the most. When... Mm. We had young kids that needed to be protected and needed to be fought for, and he was there. He made a lot of mistakes. He wasn't the greatest um, leader, but he fought for what he believed in, and he he set a good, strong example, I thought. And besides that, I can't really think of any other small defenders that we've ever had that's been any good. Small yeah, lockdown I mean, defenders. It's so a, it's, if a, it's a fair. So I just felt Campbell Brown can play that small lockdown defender and would wouldn't be out of place. It's a fair point. The one, the only only thing I have to add is is um, to give Saad his his due credit. Um, look, he a lot of people are a bit a bit hard on him because obviously you know everything sort of came together for him in his final season for us. And it seemed like the, the, the you know, it, we, we knew he was good from the beginning. Um, but, yeah, he just sort of, he would often just blaze away and and, uh, and not really connect the back line to the forward line, which is, a, which is his job, basically. Um, but, yeah, that, that 2017 season, he really showed what he could do. And then he pisses off back to, to Melbourne and, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know. Where he can't handle it and this and that. But I, I really feel for him because, you know, clearly he's a talented football player. Clearly nobody really thought that he was he was going to be worth anything because we picked him up for nothing at the draft. And um, and, and he turned out to be a really great player. And I think we we probably should be more proud of him than than, than Dirty because we, we actually produced an A-grade player. Um, the fact that he went to Essendon is... Uh, I, I'm, I lived in... If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Uh, the area where the Saad family are from. He's got million cousins and brothers and sisters and like that's where he belongs. Um, some players just aren't cut out to, to to move away for twelve, fifteen years of their lives, and other players are. So he wasn't one of them. Um, good luck to him. He's in my twenty-two, um, but I'd, I'd just as happy be just as happy having having Brown and Weller on the wing uh, instead of on the half-back line. So we might as well go into the middle, eh? 
Well, let's skip the middle because I feel like that's where the meat of this side is. Um, let's jump to the forward yep. line because that's another real uh, contentious, lots of different choices to have. We haven't really had strong forwards. Someone's decided to go on a motorbike ride. We haven't had strong forwards at the club and this is probably the area where I feel like we've got the most amount of current players available. Mm. Look, looking through all the players that were up for a forward spot, I felt like most of the players I could choose were current players. Um, so let's start off. I've got a half-forward line. I've got Sexton, Stanley, and Day. And the full forward line, I have McPherson, Lynch, and Ainsworth. And yep. you have Tom. So I've gone a, a little different to you. Uh, now, instead of instead of Day, I've gone with Dixon, but I'll read them out as you've read them out. So uh, in the half-forward line, I've, I've got Jack Martin, Charlie Dixon, and Harley Bennell. And in the full forward line, I've got Tom Lynch, Alex Sexton, and Brandon Matera. Now, I have to say something straight up. Um, I didn't intentionally put Tom Lynch in the forward pocket, but I do like the look of Alex Sexton at full forward, so I kept it there. <laughs> and it probably says a bit that I that I uh, don't think that Tom Lynch is our best full forward of the last nine years. Anyway, um, so that, that's... That's a similar forward line, but um, I've got Ainsworth on the bench, so it's more similar in my mind than, than what it looks or sounds. But um, so Sexton, Lynch and Ainsworth are the ones we've got in common. Um, I would have put McPherson in there. Um, I ended up putting Matera just because I still think we're yet to see the best of Darcy and I do think we saw the best of Brandon. So that explains that. But I'm not going to spend 10 minutes raving on about Brandon Matera because I think he might might have been a, a, a wasted potential for us and uh, never never quite wanted it never quite wanted to be a superstar alright well let's touch on the similarities Sexton is fairly obvious choice he's one of our go to forwards currently in the side and one of the only star players uh, in the forward line that we have uh, 119 games so far Averaging 12 disposals, three marks, one goal, and two tackles a game. That's probably one that, looking over the stats, that's actually one of the more impressive stat lines for all of the forwards when I was looking yeah. at their statistics. Um, the other player we have in common, Tom Lynch, that's pretty much a, a no-brainer there. I don't think we need to go into why Tom Lynch uh, is in the side. Um, well, well, the one thing to say about him is that the 2016 version is the version that we're that, that we're picking him for, not the 2017 or 2018. You know, jumping over the back fence and mm -hmm. in the you know Collingwood recruitment department's backyard or whatever. Um, that the, the last two years of Lynch's career with us were were a dumpster fire, and the the 2016 version of Lynch was amazing and I don't think he'll ever get back to that no um, alright so the other four players now we've got let's start off with Dixon versus Stanley so you've chosen Charlie Dixon now he played 65 games for the Suns averaged two marks and one goal a game 
Um, <laughs> His average average doesn't sound very good. No, but it doesn't. Very base. I mean, it, it, look, I'll, I'll be I'll be brutally honest. Charlie Dixon was my favourite player from even before the first game. Um, I liked the fact that he was an early signing, that he's a Queenslander, that he had the had the height and the presence. I thought he he had a good attitude in the early days, and um, <clears throat> and I really I really liked him. I really liked Sam Day, and it was a flip of a coin. But yeah, I just I don't know. I just thought that Charlie had had more of those moments for us, or game winning moments, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Charlie Dixon. He ha- he had his moments, but they were few and far in between for me. I'm never going to forget the first goal ever for the Gold Coast Suns that yeah. Dixon kicked against Carlton, and there were a couple of games there where suddenly he could catch everything and kick everything. But those games were so few and far in between that I couldn't justify <laughs> that. Like there wasn't a single season that he set alight. It was. Once every dozen games, he'd have a he'd have a blinder, and then we wouldn't oh, see that again. Oh come on! In in twenty in twenty fourteen, when the whole team admittedly was going pretty well, he he was he kicked a bag of four in a big win against the Dogs. Um, now I, I, I see what you mean. In it, look in, in twenty thirteen, he had he got a three brown vote vote winning game against GWS where he kicked six. So. I know what you're talking about. I definitely agree with you that there there were games where you just went, you know, is is this is this is this what is is this all we're going to get out of him? Um, although you know his best season for us last season, mm. and um, yeah, that the less said about that, the better. Okay, so Danny Stanley played 83 games, averaging 18 disposals, five marks, and three tackles a game. And he was seventh in total marks per game in 2012. So that was the season where Danny Stanley got moved forward. And he was suddenly one of our key targets in the forward line, being a strong body. And mm. it, it showed just how damaging he could be with the, uh, the seven mar- seventh in the competition for marks per game that year. Um, mm. So Danny Stanley's taking the the centre-half forward slot on my team. I just felt he's he's had the ability to play all over the the ground, and that's why his figures and stats are so inflated. I think at one point he was playing midfield. He certainly Mm. played defence before. I considered him for a defensive spot, and I decided to slot him into the forward spot purely because there were just no really other dominant key forwards I felt in the club's history. Um, And then that probably brings us to the next player, uh, Sam Day, I've chosen. And that's just because it came down to a choice between Day and Wright for me. I wanted the the three tools. And I I felt like uh, King had only played 15 games and is... As much as I wanted to put Ben King in that side after only one season, uh, his stats weren't prof- uh, prolific enough. Proficient enough to Prolif- uh, prolific, but you, prolific look, you're, you're never going to put you're never going to put a one one season guy in in a team like this unless they were just the most amazing. <laughs> there, there was no one. 
So it came down to basically a flip of the coin between Day and Wright for me, and I chose Day on the field because he's been with the club for just so long. He's given us everything he's got. Um, I've got his stats here. Uh, 121 games, uh, around 10 disposals a game, uh, and around a goal a game. So it's he, he's been very solid. He's been a solid contributor, and... That that's what I'm getting at with the lack of forward options we've got. Um, yeah, fair, fair, that's fair enough. But I, I, there's one player who I've got that you haven't, who I feel fills that medium tall slot, and that's Jack Martin. Now we we know he can kick goals, and you know that's all he did at Carlton in the in the game against Richmond a, a few weeks ago. Um, so so you know. It, to me, it's just weird. When you, when I guess when you get a player who has, like, he, he literally played under every single coach the Suns have ever had. So, even though his first year with us was was underage, um, he he's played under such different styles, and everyone thought he was something different. And I guess you've you've also got to count the assistant coaches, the line coaches who work with him. But for me, it's a no brainer. Jack Martin is a forward, and. And you know that's how Carlton see him, and um, he's already pretty high up, I think, on the on the Coleman Medal for this year. Four goals in one quarter. I mean, he didn't do much for the rest of the time, but anyway, that's why I've picked Jack Martin because when we played him forward, he would kick clutch goals. He could take great marks overhead. He could, you know, get get in and 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 rove the pack. Um, he could kick goals every single way you like off both feet and that's why I've chosen him as that sort of clutch forward so yeah, yeah. I mean probably probably similar reasons to why you've gone with Stanley yeah it's very fair enough I um, I honestly forgot about Jack Martin but he'd be under consideration but I still wouldn't think he'd be a, a walk into this best 22 um, I feel like he never never produced I feel like the the seven or eight seasons that we had him, that he never stood up and played consistently. Similar mm. to uh, what I said with Dixon, he had a few good games, and that was really it. Uh, I don't recall one season where I was just like, yep, yeah, Jack Martin, fantastic, yeah. amazing player. There was always, yeah. yeah, he was okay. I hope he gets better. He's supposed <laughs> to have all this potential. We never saw that, and I, I can't go picking him based on the thought that I thought he was going to have potential, and um, yeah, so I, I went with Day. I think that was probably more of a, a favoured pick, to be honest. Um, mm. Who else have we got? I've got McPherson, and you've gone with Matera. Yeah, uh, like, I, like I explained earlier, the, the, the uh, Darcy's best footy is in front of him, and and Matera over the journey, put in a you know a probably similar, obviously different types of players, but similar to Charlie Dixon. We never we never we, we saw the best of Matera in games, but we never saw. Well, he's got that famous name, doesn't he? And I think he had the talent. Um, and I, I I have spoken to a number of people over the journey, and um, apparently the West Coast Eagles were interested in, in, in recruiting him, but he, he didn't feel that he could live up to the family name with the 
and ended up going to, to Frio for, for much less. So <laughs> I don't know if that says something about the guy. But, um, yeah, I was, I was on the verge of picking McPherson. And if, if we were going to consolidate these two teams and, and agree on the best 22, uh, I, I'd, I'd probably go with McPherson. Because okay. I just don't really uh, think Matera gave the best that he could have in the end. Yeah. Uh, I don't. All I need to say about McPherson is I just love his grunt. I love his uh, ferocity at the ball and I felt like he deserved a spot over Matera I didn't even consider Matera I just don't feel like he ever delivered on the promise and that's probably a big message in my side I want players that are going to deliver on their promise um, alright and finally I've got Ainsworth you've got Benell I've actually got Benell in my midfield you've got Ainsworth on the bench um, Ainsworth is has been a solid contributor in the few years he's been at the club, and we're only now just starting to see him hit his straps. Uh, his mm. numbers look good, and I think a combination of just lack of forward options for the Suns in history just yeah. gives Ainsworth that leg up into the forward pocket or, in your case, onto the bench. Um, so let's move on to the midfield because we've got less than 10 minutes. Um, yep. All right, so I've... I think Ruck is pretty pretty straightforward. Jared Witts, you yeah. argue with that? Yeah. Nah. No. <laughs> All right. So let's jump forward to the followers with Witts. I've got Ablett and Prestia. Again, Ablett is pretty straightforward. I don't think we need to discuss that. Probably his Brownlow year was one of his best years in AFL ever, and it just happened to be for our club, which was fantastic. Yep. And... Um, Prestia, uh, you don't have him in the... No, you've got him on the bench yeah. as well. Oh, the only reason I've got him on the bench is that across the nine seasons, the Suns have had such a cracking good midfield, but never really able to keep the same midfield on the park for any duration apart from that sort of 12, 13 games in, in 2013, uh, 2014. And I'm really picking Prestia on that, you know, that, that period. Um, but yeah, I've, I've got a look. And yeah, well, I've got the figures here for Prestia and O'Meara. I do have O'Meara in the midfield. Uh, I've yep. got him listed as centre. So, not much difference. The reason I went with Prestia, he's had 95 games, 25 disposals, 3 marks, 4 tackles, 4 inside 50s. Compared that to O'Meara, who only had 44 games for the Suns, mm. he only had 21 disposals, but had 4 marks, 5 tackles, and 4 inside 50s per game. So very similar to Prestia. And mm. that sort of shows the level of uh, quality midfield options we've had at the Suns in particular seasons. Well, the, the, uh, the other guy who, who, who goes into calculations there, and the reason that Prestia is on the bench is because of David Swallow. Mm. So you've got Ablett, Amira, Swallow, the three main mids that I've got on the inside, and you've gone with Amira, Ablett, and Prestia, and you put Swallow on a wing. And I think the reason you put him Swallow on a wing is because he, in his younger days, he was he was sort of a um, he was able to do it. And these days, with his degenerative knee condition, he has lost that ability. So I get why you've done it, but that's why I haven't. Yeah, I've gone with Weller. So, you know, there's that speed. On the other wing, I've got Aaron Hall. And I don't know that you've got necessarily a... a, a you've got Benel, obviously. But, but um, 
I mean, similar players, aren't they? They are, and I felt it was the 2014 season where we really saw the best of Benel, or mm. Benel, and Aaron Hall, he's had his moments, but again, we see it in bursts, I think. 2016 and 2015 or 2017, where we had won the first three games of mm. the year, um, yeah. we saw Aaron Hall have those strong bursts and I think one of those years he won you know got three Brownlow votes in each of the first three games and Aaron I, Hall I think, was just think, um, amazing but then he, he died he just died so quickly and he, he just couldn't put together a full season whereas I felt like Bennell in his prime could put together a full season yeah look and then since then he hasn't done bloody anything so yeah, it's a, it's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, we talked about putting together a team of former Gold Coast players, but I tell you what, um, a lot of the time those those players after they've left us have been injured. Yeah, Not Aaron Hall this, hasn't I mean, done much. I mean, can you, can, you, much. can you really name a player who's consistently been? You know, obviously we have players who who have been successful <laughs> that won flags since they left us, but. Yeah, it's the. It's I, I the think it's only a few of the play 20, 22 games a year. I think it's only a few of the more recent players. Tom Lynch is the first one that comes to mind, having won the premiership, and uh, mm. Jared Lyons had a break standout season for Brisbane. Uh, that was and that was after having an injury disrupted season with us. So. Yeah. Um, well, well, speaking of Jared Lyons, you've we've only got a few minutes left, and you've got Jared Lyons in your team. I do. So, it was I'm a choice thinking... between him and Aaron Hall, and I yeah. felt like Lyons was more damaging for us in the two seasons that he did play with us, and his mm-hmm. statistics uh, pretty much say the same story. He yeah. played 37 games for the Suns, averaged 24 disposals, three marks, and five tackles. So that's up there with the likes of what Prestia was delivering. Um, yeah. Whereas... Uh, Aaron Hall, 103 games for the club, averaging 19 disposals, three marks, and three tackles. However, it was those uh, 2016, 2017 seasons for Hall where he was up around that 25, 30 disposals a game uh, when where he was really delivering. Um, the other interchange players, I've gone with Hanley and Wright, Miller, and Lyons. So, what did you go with? Well, probably Ainsworth. because we've got players in common that we haven't had on the same position. The, the players here that I've got that are different... Bowes uh, and Ricciatelli. Jack, Jack Bowes and Ricciatelli. Now, probably Ricciatelli and Lyons have been the two players to compare. And with Risha, I mean, it didn't end well for him, really, did it? I mean, he he, he had the hope that he could come back from that, that, that terrible ACL injury. But he never... He never came back to the way that he was playing in 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 like the the very first season for us. He was tremendous. Um, twenty fourteen when we were up and about, he was just an amazing player for the team. Uh, twenty fifteen might have actually been his best year of all for us, even though it wasn't a good year for the team. So that era that I'm talking about there. Um, you know, the first five years for us. Rich Telly was just amazing. His output was behind Gaz, obviously, but his leadership, and I mean, they, they called him the 
you know, the, 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 the spiritual leader of the, of the team. I think nowadays maybe that's that harbrow, but you know what I mean? Like, I couldn't leave him out. Yeah, I again, a player I've forgotten. There's been a few. Uh, Riscatelli certainly deserves a spot. Um, all right, we've got two minutes left, so let's quickly wrap up with our so special you, mentions or the emergencies. And you, it you, was... You, go on. You, you've got Miller. You've got Tuke Miller, and I have got Jack Bose. Yeah. So, so, so that, that's that. The, the special mentions here is... Uh, I'm giving special mentions to Bose, Fiorini, King, and Ballard. These boys are our future, and another year or two for the Suns and they are certainly going to be in that best 22 uh, they only narrowly missed out uh, out of my choice on whether I thought they were deserving of a spot yeah yeah no that's 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 all I have to say about it I, I reckon that when we pick our favorite teams uh, we'll have a bit more to say about things because uh, we're not just going on stats; we're going on the feelings and emotion there. And be good to hear from our listeners too what, what they, you know, who was their favourite player, and and it doesn't necessarily need to be a uh, best ever. Uh, we're not sort of talking about that. Um, and I'll, before we run out of time, I want to make a special mention to Josh Gore. He's been kicking goals from the car park uh, down at Labrador, I think it is, from the Vision. Go and check out our, our Twitter feed. Uh, it, uh, Cameron Gore has put up these great great shots. Uh, I'll try and copy them and put them on Facebook as well. All right. Well, that concludes another episode of the GC Sunscast. Thanks for tuning in and go Suns. Go Suns. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.